Well, we have, we have so much to be thankful for this year. We do. Uh, I know I'm, I'm thankful for, for the journey that we've gone on this year as a church. Uh, we, we started off the year uh, talking about following Jesus, right, with our, our follow me, our all church study, follow me. Uh, and that has kind of set the tone for the rest of the year. Right? We've, for, the, for basically the entire year, we have talked about what it, looks, what it looks like. What does it look like in my life? What does it look like in your life? What does it look like in the church's life? What did Jesus say about following me? Right? We, we've explored all these things, from, from, from talking about the, the red ink to the threads or awaken or, or prayer, all the times we talk about prayer, or, or even this last Jonah series. Everything has been kind of kind of leaning up on this whole theme of, of following Jesus. And so as we, as we kind of, uh, I mean, Advent start next week, how crazy is this, right? We are already to the season of Advent. Right? And so as we, as we kind of look forward to Advent and look, uh, I, I'm thankful for all the things that God has done in this journey as a church through, through looking at what does it look like to really truly follow Jesus. And I'm thankful also for, for the love of God that pursues you and it pursues me day after day. Right? We can never be too far. Like we've talked about in this Jonah series. We can never be too far. We can never have done too much. The pursuing love of God chases us and pursues us day in and day out, no matter where we are at. I, I'm thankful for that love. I'm thankful for, for the difference that, that God has made in, in the lives of some of us in this church. Right, more than more than a few of us would would kind of uh, testify to a to a spiritually awakening of sorts in our lives, or we have just just kind of reignited our love for Christ and reignited our our passion for the Word and our hunger for the Word and our hunger for more. I'm thankful for that. We have so much to be thankful for. And next week, where we start our Advent series, and and which we'll explore a little bit about being thankful for the being thankful for Jesus. Being thankful that, that God, in his pursuing love for us, sent his son, sent his son to die for us on the cross, that you and I might, might live, truly live. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for, for the baby Jesus that comes. I'm thankful for the life that he lived. There's a lot to be, to be thankful for. But as we, as we start today, I just want to... I want to kind of look back over the year a little bit and talk in kind of almost a, a culmination of follow me before we get to Advent. What have we been talking about all year? What have we been going for all year? What have we been, what's the, what's the image that we've been talking about and looking at and chasing after all year long? I think, I, and I want to talk this morning about the, pe- the kind of people that we should be as followers of Christ. And really, it's, it's two words that I want to talk about this morning. Faith-filled. As followers of Christ, we should be, we should be faith-filled people. We should be faith-filled, big-thinking risk-takers. We're not going to be a people, a church that, that insult God with, with, with small things, with small thinking or safe living. We want to, to seek God for the impossible. We want to believe God for the miracles. We want to dream that, that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask or imagine in, in our lives and in the lives of our church for His glory in the world and that generations would know who he is because of what he's done in us. That's what it means to be faith-filled. We want to be a faith-filled people as followers of Christ. Faith-filled. 
the whole, the whole year we've been talking about following Jesus, and it kind of culminates in this. What does it really look like? It looks like having true faith. Now, there are, there are two times in Scripture where, Jesus was, uh, where, where Scripture tells that Jesus was amazed. Jesus was amazed. That, that one word is used twice in the New Testament in these two instances, that Jesus was amazed. And both times he was amazed, he was amazed at the faith of those he was, he was with, those he was talking to, those he was looking at. He, he was amazed at, this, at the faith. And I want to read these two stories, and I want, to, I want to ask us a question this morning. The first story is in Mark chapter 6. Jesus is, is if you want to turn there, Mark chapter 6. Jesus is, is in his own town. He's starting his ministry uh, and he's, he starts at home, obviously, right? He's, he's going to start at home. Uh, 6 verse 1, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's the wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, Only in their own towns, among their relatives, and in their own homes are prophets without honor. He cannot do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And here it is. He was amazed at their lack of faith. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Right? Jesus, is, he's already, even, even in Mark, he's already, he's already uh, thrown some demons out of people. He's told some parables to people. He goes back home, and, he, and he's trying to, to minister in his own home, in his own hometown, and people just, people know him. Right? This is the carpenter's son, right? This is, this is Mary's son. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. There's, he doesn't come from a line of people with this kind of authority, right? This family is not the kind of people that, that have this kind of authority. Where is this coming from? And they kind of wrote him off. And Jesus says, Jesus was, was amazed at the lack of faith in them. There's another story about Jesus being amazed. It's in Luke chapter 7. Also starting at verse 1. Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 1, says this. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one goes, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel. 
Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. This is the, the second time that Scripture says that Jesus was amazed. At first, he was amazed at the lack of faith of, of the people in his hometown. And then he is amazed in Luke chapter 7 of, of the faith of a centurion who wasn't even, wasn't even part of the, the, he wasn't even part of this culture. He wasn't even part of the Jewish culture. He wasn't even kind of under these teachings, right? And, and Jesus says he, says he was amazed at this man's faith. And so he healed, he healed his servant. Jesus is amazed at lack of faith, and he's amazed at, at kind of an abundance of faith. Now, I think that's something to think about as we come into this, this season of Advent, right? As Jesus, is, Jesus comes to us, right? Emmanuel, God with us. If, if Jesus was to come and to look at your faith level, think about this. In which way would he be amazed? If he was to come and say, and just take a deep look into your faith. Chris, I'm amazed at your faith. Man, you are, you are, you're being bold for me. You are going out and, and, and reaching people for me. Your faith is, you're doing things with your faith. Or would he say, Chris, what, did, what are you, what are you doing? I'm amazed at the lack of faith that you live, that you live your life with. I mean, in fact, I, I want you to be honest with yourself this morning. I want you to give either kind of a, a ranking or a grade or something. Just write it on your paper and circle it. I, I want you to think about this and think on it. Maybe you don't even write it right now, but think about it this week. If Jesus was to come and to, to, to assess your faith, would he be amazed in one way or the other? Would he be amazed at the abundance? Would he be amazed at the, at the lack? I mean, here, here's, a, here's a way to look at it. What was it, what is it in this, this last week? What did you do that required faith? What have you done in the last week that, that has required faith from you? Here's a way to think about it in your prayer life. If, if every answer to your prayers was yes and immediately yes, would the world look different this week? If God answered affirmatively to every single one of your prayers and did it immediately, would the world look different because of your prayers? What kind of faith, what kind of faith do you have? I think as, as followers of Christ, we need, to be, we need to be dependent on the Spirit. We need to be dependent on God as we, as we live our lives. Our, our lives need to, need to reflect the kind of faith that the centurion had. That when God would look at us, he would just, I want so badly on, on someday when I get to heaven for God to just say, man, Chris, I am amazed by the faith that you had while you were on earth. I am amazed at, at what I see in you. I am amazed at this. What kind of, what kind of faith do you have? I think there's, there's three things as, as we follow Christ. I think I, I want to talk about these three things this morning in regards to our faith as followers of Christ. And really, they, they're kind of come out of Hebrews 11. Here, here's the first one. You cannot play it safe and please God. You cannot play it safe and please God. The author of Hebrews says it, says it best, right? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. is pretty straightforward with it. It's even in your bulletin for the scripture of the day. Without faith, 
it is impossible to please God. He didn't even want to like dress that up for you. Just says it like it is. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You cannot play it safe and please God. You cannot, if you can do everything within your power and you never need the power of God, then you are living without faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Here, here's the challenge. We kind, of, we kind of glorify faith, right? We, we talk up faith where we kind of have this idea that if you have faith, everything's just going to be great. Everything's going to be roses. You're never going to have a bad day. Everything's just going to go your way, right? But the thing is, faith is messy, I hope you've heard that over the years. We've talked through stories like Jonah and talked through some of the other red letters and the threads that we've had and all these different things. I, I hope you've heard me this year say that, that having faith is not just this clean, nice thing. Faith is a messy thing. Faith is a crazy thing. Faith is a hard thing. But without it, we can't please God. Like I said, we, we, we glorify faith, but the reality is faith is... Faith is messy, and there's going to be moments where, where, where we can say, man, I am so deep in my faith right now, and then just wait five minutes, and you will just be overcome with doubt. And that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to doubt sometimes. It's okay to ask questions sometimes. It's okay not to be okay. In fact, faith requires that a little bit. I remember there's this, uh, when I was in youth ministry, we used to go to Hume Lake every year. And in the winter, they have this ropes course thing where uh, you basically just go up on this thing and you're harnessed in and uh, there's a rock right below you. (laughs) I, I, I don't know why they put this here. There's a rock right below you and your task in this harness is literally to stand at the edge and fall off. And right before you're going to hit this rock, the harness catches you and swings you out, and it's a big swing. I remember standing, with, with, standing up there at the edge thinking, man, how do, how do people do this, right? I, I don't understand. I, I just, it's not for me. I have some daredevils in my youth group, right, where, where they would just stand up and they would, they would go backwards, right, or they would do some crazy things that just like, I don't even understand how you do this, right? One kid... Uh, Nick, he would always he would always do the craziest stuff on this, and uh, it was right after the movie. I'm not, I guess, right now, not after it came out, but uh, there's a movie called 300 about the the Sparta Spartans and all that. And so the, he and a friend got up, and there's this quote in the movie where they say, "This is Sparta," and so he did that. And he said, "This is this is Hume Lake," and then he kicked him off, and he just pushed him with his leg, and the guy just falls off, and it's just amazing, right? I have it on video. I'll try and share it sometime. But this is what I'm saying. There's, there's some times, right, where we're standing at the edge of, of what we feel like God is calling us to do, and it looks like there's a rock at the bottom that's just going to take us out if we do this. But faith is being able to step out and let loose and drop and trust that God is going to, going to come through on his end. All right, there's a, there's a story in, in Scripture that, that is exactly, this is the greatest example of this, I think, is Peter. Right, when Peter is, is, in, is in the boat and he sees Jesus walking out on the water towards him, what does Peter do? Peter says, God, if it's you, call me out there. And so Jesus calls him out and Peter steps out of the boat and onto the water and he's walking on the water. 
And then he looks around and he sees the waves and he sees the wind and he sinks and Jesus catches him. I, I, I love this story about Peter. There, I want you to hear, there was 11 other people in that boat. And Peter is the one who stepped out in faith and said, if this is you, God, if it's, if, if it's you coming towards me, call me to come out. Let me do what you're doing. And Peter steps out of the boat and he's walking on the water. He, he walked on the water before he sank. I think we forget that part sometimes. Peter really did walk on the water. I think sometimes our, our fear of, of failure keeps us from taking that step of faith. And here's why, because sometimes we have this notion that, that if we fail, then we failed God. Right? If I take this step of faith and then I fail, man, I, I have failed God and I just don't want to do that. And so we let this, this fear of failure keep us from, from taking a step of faith. There's something I've discovered in my life and, and it's this. Usually failure, taking that step of faith and, and failure is often the first step to discovering God. Sometimes we think that if we fail, we have missed God. But I think failure sometimes is the place where we discover God. Because in that failure, in the place where, where, where we have walked off and we have hit that rock, that it's God is the one who reaches down and picks us up again that we discover God in maybe a brand new way. Never let the fear of failure take, stop you from taking a step out of, the, of faith. Just take a step out of the boat. Now what's going to happen if I get out of the boat? I don't know. I don't know. But you've got to get out of the boat to find out. John Ortberg wrote a book. It's called, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat the same thing. If you want to take a step of faith, you cannot play it safe and please God. Here's a, another kind of truth I want to talk about this morning. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. As long as you have a guarantee, you do not have faith. I mean, this goes back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Right, in this kind of definition of faith here. It says this, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I'm going to read that again. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. If you have a guarantee, you don't really have faith. Now the problem for most of us is that we, we want that guarantee. God, if I'm going to do this, I need to know that it's going to end well. God, if I'm going to do this, I need to know that you're with me. God, if I'm going to do this, I need to know. I need a guarantee. I need to know. I need this. I need a guarantee. I need to know. That's kind of our, our thought process. But, but I, I think if you have, you can, you, can, you can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. You can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. Sometimes we just have to say, I think God is calling me to do this. I believe that God is calling me to do this. I, I've, I've tested it, like Scripture says. I've looked in Scripture to see if this is even biblical, what God is trying to ask me to do. And it is. I just, I'm going to do it. 
Sometimes we need to step out, and we need to step out on faith, even without a guarantee that everything is going to be okay, even without a, a guarantee that, that something good will happen. All right, what if we step out on faith and something bad happens? Well, you've stepped out on faith. You did what God was calling you to do. If something bad happens, God, God can help you through that as well. If you have a guarantee, you don't have, you don't have faith. For some of you, God is, is calling you to, to step out in faith and do something. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a, a job thing. Maybe you want to start a business. Maybe you want to start a ministry, whatever you want to do. Maybe God is asking you to, to step out in faith. I want to say this this morning. The only guarantee with stepping out in faith is that God will remain faithful. We will never have a guarantee of the outcome. But God will remain faithful. That I know. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. And here's, here's kind of the last thing I want to end with this morning. To step towards To step towards God's goal for your life. To step towards God's I don't know, destiny, I guess you could say. To step towards your destiny. You have to step away from your security. To take a step towards your destiny, you have to take a step away from your security. I mean, the rest of Hebrews chapter 11 is filled with stories like this. I mean, I could talk all day about the, the people in Scripture who, who, in order to step towards what God had for them, had to step away from their comfort zones. I think of Abraham, right? Abraham is, is, is talked about quite a bit in chapter 11 here of Hebrews, right? Abraham is, is literally asked to go and sacrifice his son, to go and to sacrifice his son, the son that God gave him with the promise that this son would bring him generations and generations and generations. God calls to Abraham, hey, go, go, I need you to go sacrifice Isaac. So he goes up to the mountain. Isaac's carrying the wood on his back. And he asks his dad in Genesis, hey, dad, uh, where's the sacrifice? <laughs> well, son, God will provide the sacrifice. They get up to the mountain, and Abraham ties Isaac down to be sacrificed, and God stops him in the middle of it. Can you imagine the, the, the faith in that? He's, he's stepping away from, obviously, a comfort zone of, of not killing your son, right? There's an obvious comfort zone there. Right, but also, also there's, this, there's this comfort zone of, no, God, you gave Isaac to me, you blessed me with Isaac because from Isaac, generations and genera generations will come. Right? You told me my descendants will be as numerous as the stars. You told me all of this stuff. Right? This is, I'm just going to stay put right here in this comfort zone because this is what you've told me. But no, God, because you told me to go and to sacrifice my son, I'm going to go and do that. It takes the step of faith and God comes through. God is faithful. Think about Noah, also in chapter 11. Noah in Genesis builds a, a giant boat. 
Noah was a righteous man. He believed God when he said, build this ark, I'm going to send a flood. Build this ark to these dimensions right here. Can you imagine having this discussion? There's a, there's a movie, there's a great movie called Evan Almighty. It's kind of like a, a, a spin-off of Noah and the Ark, right? It's kind of a comedic take at this. I, th- I think it's, it's perfect. I think it's a great depiction because the people in the city just think Noah is just ridiculous. Who, who would build this, this giant boat just because they feel like God is telling them to do this? Who, who does this? He's the laughing stock of, of everything. In the movie, his family leaves, right? Every, everybody leaves him. Everybody just kind of heads away from him because he's that crazy guy. He stepped out of his comfort zone. He stepped out of his security to chase what God had for him. All right, there are some of you that God is calling to do something. God is calling you to, to start a new journey, to, to start a ministry, to start a business, to, to go do something, to, to, to volunteer with our kids' department. Man, we know that's a struggle, right? I don't want to volunteer with kids, right? <laughs> but God is calling you to do that. God is calling you to, to maybe over the next year, I'm going to start tithing. I'm literally stepping away from my security of money, and I'm going to follow you, God, because you call me to do it. I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to give. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to lead a small group. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to join a small group. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a part of our kids' ministry. I'm going to volunteer to lead a 30-minute session with our older kids over here during the teaching time. I'm going to, I'm going to do some things for you, God. I'm, I, I don't know what you're calling me to. I don't know what God is calling you to. But I guarantee between now and the new year, if you pray about it, and you're praying under the tense of, God, whatever it is, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Whatever you want me to start, I'll start. Whatever you want me to end, I'll end. Whatever you want me to do, God, I'm in. Even if it means stepping away from a comfort zone. Even if I don't have a guarantee that this is going to go well. I'm going to do it. Because I have faith that you are faithful. I have faith that you are who you say you are. That you can do the things you say you'll do. I have faith. I hope you'll join me in praying for that over the next five weeks. As we, as we kind of say goodbye to 2016 and start a new year. That 2017 would be a year that you follow Jesus. We've talked about it a lot in 2016. We've talked about following Christ. We've talked about what it looks like. My prayer for 2017 is that it becomes an action. It becomes such a part of who we are and what we do that we can't separate ourselves from it. But I know this. It starts with being faith-filled. That without faith, you cannot please God. They've got to step away from your safety, step away from your comfort zone, and chase what God has for you. Hopefully you're thankful for the same things I'm thankful for, that for this journey and, and, and that God has led us through this year as we've talked through what it means to follow Christ. I hope, I hope God has spoken to you. I hope God has called you. 
I hope God has, has said these two words to you. Follow me. And I hope you do. I hope you do. Let's pray this morning. God, God, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for your call in our lives that you, that you have faith in us, God. That you call us to, to do, you call us to go, you call us to be. God, would we follow you? God, this year we've talked a lot about it. We have talked a lot and we've said the words follow me a lot. But God, will we, will we put this into action? Would we, would we make our lives reflect you? That when we, when we take these moments and we say, what in the last week was it? Or where in the last week did I have to use my faith? Or, or if every prayer of mine was answered this week in the affirmative and right now, would the world look different? God, help us to have that kind of faith. The kind of faith like Abraham who just says, whatever you want me to do, God, I don't, I don't understand this one bit but I'm in. Faith like Noah says, I don't understand this, God, but you've asked me to do it, so I'm in. Faith like Joshua, who, who prays that the sun would stand still, and it does. Yeah, help us to have faith like the people we read about in Scripture. It's not impossible. They were human, just like we're human. God, we love you. We need you, and we're thankful for you this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you allow me just to pray this uh, prayer of blessing over you? Just hold out your hands and receive this blessing. May the God of all love and the God of all grace remind you this week of the blessings he's given you. May he remind you of the love that he's poured out on you. And may you be thankful. May you be bold for him this week. May you make a difference for him this week. May you go in peace in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Go in peace.